Truth Espresso, episode 243. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and I have with me my sweet, beautiful wife and co-host once again. And we got an exciting episode for you because we're going to talk about a conference that we were just at that had some pretty cool speakers. Some of them you may even recognize and how we're able to participate. And so, sweetheart, thank you for doing this episode with me. Yes, thanks for letting me tag along. So I know this was um, several months in the making as to how we were involved in this, but do you want to talk about what this conference was that we were at and what it's all about? Sure. So here in Colorado, we have what's called the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference, and it's put on by the local chapter of the Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And once a year, usually on Father's Day weekend, they put together a, I think it's like a four or five day conference and they have um, different guest speakers come in and people um, set up tables in an exhibit hall where participants can go around and learn more about different products or different resources and ministries that are either local or have some sort of way to help homeschoolers and families in their journey. And this year we were invited, well, you have to apply, but <laughs> um, we were accepted to be one of the exhibitors and we were able to set up a table there for our clinic to just engage in the discussion and create awareness about our clinic and um, offering women's health services from a pro-life perspective. And we were, yes, it took a few months to <laughs> like really get put things put together and and for some reason, my brain is the type where it doesn't always piece everything together until towards the end. And then it feels like, ah, hurry and <laughs> finish putting the details together. It feels like a, a mad rush. Like, are we really ready when it's time and stuff? But yeah, but I think you did a good job, sweetheart, with the table that we were at and organizing it. Because I know I'm not very good at organizing things like that. But I think you did a very good job with the display and getting ready to handle hand out cards and offer services for women's health. And so, yeah, the exhibit there, you know, it shows that at this homeschool conference, you have a lot of people, I think there are probably a few thousand, who went through the three days that they had it open there. And there are quite a few exhibits there that are from homeschool publishing houses, such as a Becca book, Bob Jones Press, there's one called Apologia, and there's also the Alpha Omega Curriculum, not to be confused with Alpha and Omega Ministries, you know, James White and all that, completely different thing. 
So yeah, there are quite a few uh, homeschool publishing companies that have their big displays where people can register and purchase homeschool curriculum from their supplier of choice. And if they're at the conference there, oftentimes they can get deals on things that they wouldn't get otherwise. But along with those, there are quite a few exhibits that are not specifically homeschool stuff, but it could be things that are in the interests of people who do homeschooling. Even across from us, uh, from our exhibit, there was one of a family who were selling homemade wooden swords. And so lots of homeschooling families, kids there. Well, that's cool to get some swords that aren't sharp, but look and feel really cool, made of uh, wood, oak, and hickory and stuff like that. You know, Colorado Right to Life was there, so they were a busy table. A lot of people would come by and ask, you know, what are they all about and engage in some very thoughtful conversations because Colorado Right to Life is very pro-life. Like, they take what they all call an abolitionist position. They will be critical of people who would call themselves pro-life but take an incrementalist uh, position that you can have laws that are are partially pro-life, which results to partially pro-abortion and stuff. So yeah, they had a lot of good literature there, a lot of interesting conversations. Every time I'd pass by them, I'd see several people there engaged in kind of intense conversations with them there. So that was pretty cool. I know the one table behind us, their exhibit had to do with a running league, (laughs) and it was basically a ministry that came out of a runner, and he's kind of the leader of this, but he had been in marathons and won gold medals and just came to Christ and experienced salvation through running and stuff. And so their ministry is to get other people involved in running and share the gospel in Mm -hmm. that sport and that activity. So that was kind of a neat ministry there to have that. And then the table right next to us was a Christian dentist So it was kind of neat to have two health professions kind of next to each other and Mm, we'd kind of chat back and (laughs) forth about some of our perspectives and how it's different, which was neat because I feel like a lot of the people that did come through the exhibit and engage in conversations with us, that you felt like there were a lot more like-minded people there and kind of just frustrated with the medical system right now and how they keep pushing different agendas or different things on their young children or even on them and they didn't feel comfortable with that anymore. So I know a lot of people were very thankful that we had a table set up there and they could find an alternative provider Mm. to help them navigate through some of this. Like it's nice to have uh, to know that there are dentists who are Christians who treat their patients like they're made in the image of God. And so God has designed us with certain natural needs and not to think of people as basically lab rats. And <laughs> so there are a lot of cool exhibits. There was even a, a 3D printing exhibit, you know, so think of 
targeting homeschoolers with 3D printing. And I noticed they have a lot, some large 3D printed models of dinosaur skulls and stuff. So that, yeah, that was pretty cool. I went by there and talked to a guy there. And there was an, an exhibit that had to do with kind of a dance program for girls, but it was designed to kind of teach them morality and that they could engage in learning how to dance in a way that they dressed modestly and basically were a witness for Jesus in doing so. So, you know, that's kind of helpful for girls to be able to homeschool girls, especially who want to learn how to dance in a safe, Christian, modest environment. The conference had a lot of really cool speakers, and some of these people our listeners might recognize if you listen to the Christian podcast community, and Truth Espresso is a member podcast of the Christian podcast community, and if you're listening to Truth Espresso via the CPC feed and listen to other podcasts there, you're probably someone who might recognize some of these names. So one of the speakers was Dr. Jason Lyle of the Biblical Science Institute that he founded and runs, and He's an astrophysicist, and yeah, I think you know, he has quite the brain. <laughs> like, he just knows so much about the universe and math, and he's cool to talk to and listen to. And uh, one of his recent books that he released is a very beautifully illustrated book on fractals. And he talks about the Mandelbrot set and how plotting that in a computer, you know, you can see the intricate designs and it goes on. On to infinity in very beautiful illustrated ways from a very simple math formula. There is also Paul Washer of Heart Cry Missions. He's well known in the SBC and he's a pretty hardcore preacher I've heard sometimes, but I know that a few years ago he had some heart issues and you know, he was still determined to carry out his speeches at the conference and people are trying to advise him, you need to take care of yourself. You need to don't push yourself so hard. Uh, Bill Jack of Worldview Academy and you know, he's kind of uh, local to where we are. So he actually was running in 2022 for a state representative position in our district here. So, you know, that was cool to find out that, oh, he's speaking at the conference too. Norm Wakefield of Spirit of Elijah Ministries. I just learned about him there, but I like the name sounds familiar and Spirit of Elijah Ministries sounds familiar. So, yeah. And then also Dr. Jeff Myers of Summit Ministries. And so we are know you've attended uh, Summit Ministries years ago. And they have really good information about, especially to train homeschoolers to think about the worldviews, recognize the various worldviews of the world, like Marxism and stuff like that, and <laughs> compared to a biblical worldview. And then also there was Ruth Cho Simons and uh, sweetheart, you got to sponsor her event, the Mom's Night Out at the conference. And so you got to kind of meet her and have like a table set up near hers after the event. And so I think that was pretty cool. Yeah, she was a great speaker 
it was just kind of an uplifting time to hear her encourage moms and also just be real with moms. And us moms, we have a lot of difficulty wanting to be perfect. And she addressed that, that we aren't perfect and that's okay. And how God uses our weakness to actually be better moms and to be better wives. And I think that it was just a really encouraging time for these women. There were over 600 ladies that attended the mom's (laughs) night out, which was really awesome. That's nice to know that there are so many Christian homeschooling moms in Colorado. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was another interesting thing. There were a lot of people that came from other states. Oh, yeah. Because I guess because now it's the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference that they have quite a few surrounding states that will come to this conference because like there are people from Wyoming and Kansas, Oklahoma, because there are conferences like this in their states. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, the Rocky Mountain area, basically. So it was neat to meet other people that even traveled this way to attend the conference and learn more information and but yes, Ruth House Simmons was awesome. I'm glad that um, we got to sponsor her and to be able to listen to her and get some of her information as well. Yeah, so Ruth Chow Simons, her ministry is called Grace Laced, and I think she has a podcast. She's a New York Times um, author of, of several books, and so, yeah, very cool that, you know, he got to sponsor her event there, and it's interesting when I, at work, I was talking with my coworker, who's kind of a liberal guy, so uh, when I mentioned the conference that it was the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference, it was kind of like he was chomping at the bit to ask me about homeschooling like you so you homeschool your kids right yeah and like so why do you why do you want to homeschool them and and I mentioned about how many about how many people go to this conference and and he's like why do people want to homeschool their kids and he has an idea of it you know he's probably been told and stuff that okay it's usually religious people who kind of want to protect their kids from the world and you know that is one reason but you know i tried to explain to him that a lot of people can have various reasons for wanting to homeschool you know it's not just the one but that is a, a good reason and there's there's nothing wrong with that reason but so I'll share a funny story that I remember from there <laughs> okay um so one of the items we had at our table just to try and attract interest <laughs> to our table oh, yeah. was this large baby bottle plastic <laughs> baby bottle it can be like a piggy bank or yeah just a fun bottle so anyways we filled it up with over a thousand <laughs> jelly beans it was 1245 right if yes. i remember correctly Good okay job. <laughs> <laughs> and yes we did have to count all of them thankfully i had helpers with that so yes we've had a colorful big baby bottle filled with jelly beans and people could guess like how many jelly beans they thought were in there write down their answers and whoever was the closest got an amazon gift card at the end and it was funny because <laughs> one of the guys from the Biblical Science Institute for Jason Lyle's ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So he seems like he's pretty intelligent too and like with math and stuff. And his family encouraged him to come over and try and guess the jelly beans (laughs) because they said he almost always gets it like exactly right or at least close to it. 
And so he did his math calculations, and he was very close. Mm-hmm. If he would have put his number in, he would have been the closest. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I think he was at, was it 1250 or 1246? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um, 1250, I think, something like that. Yeah. It was oh, like okay. with just yeah within a few <laughs> numbers of that. And I was like, yikes. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, okay, is he going to use the formula for the volume of a cylinder and try to adjust it from there? And I think he kind of did something like that. And he looked at it and calculated, like, I need to reduce it by, I think, 5% or something, given how the bottle squeezes in the middle there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was kind of a fun thing to have at our table because yeah. that attracted a lot of of kids and then the kids would go and tell their parents like you have to come check this out or <laughs> guess how many jelly beans are in yeah. there and <laughs> so it's cute like some of the kids <laughs> like 50 jelly beans in there and <laughs> yeah one boy was writing a hundred thousand so yeah that was kind of fun yeah oh the other part of our table that was kind of fun was I had a basket full of these silicone life-like baby models, and they're supposed to be representative of what a 12-week baby would look like in the womb. And we ended up going through our entire basket, (laughs) which I think I had just over 200 babies in there. Oh, yeah. But it was a great tool because all these kids kept wanting these little babies, and then they would carry them around, and then more kids would see those babies. And they're like, I want those babies. Where can we find them? (laughs) So like some parents would come by and say, oh, here it is. This is where uh, we're seeing all these kids carrying these little babies. And then my kids are like, I want one. And so like, I've got to find it because they're going to cry. And uh, so, yeah, I finally found where the table where you get them from. And yeah. (laughs) And it's like, this is really cool because that is a good conversation starter to talk about life in the womb. Yeah, and we had our first trimester baby development um, models there too. So then we could talk about the baby developing and when the heart starts beating. It was just a great opportunity to engage in those conversations, even with little kids. Like they were so interested in that. It was so sweet. (laughs) And then our smallest baby was representative of seven weeks, which was the size of a jelly bean. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of kids liked that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so while they guess how many jelly beans are in the bottle, they see the little seven-week baby model that's the size of a jelly bean. And, yeah. <laughs> and as I would tell kids that the heart beating there is probably about the size of a grain of sand. <laughs> It's funny, but I think what made our table so popular with the kids is the free candy we gave out. I don't think I saw any other tables that had the kind of free candy that we give out. We gave out fruit-flavored taffy and fruit-flavored Tootsie Roll candies, and yeah, kids were (laughs) hanging out around this women's health exhibit. (laughs) I actually got a few adults, too. Yes. (laughs) They were funny because they would like the kids that was kind of the fun part remember <laughs> we'd see some kids walk by and their eyes are like <laughs> staring at the bowl of candy like can we get it can we get it <laughs> and their parents just keep walking <laughs> but then some adults too they'd like walk by and they'd like try and hurry and sneak one <laughs> like no one saw me take that piece of candy <laughs> But I heard there were a few other tables, at least, that had little chocolate pieces. 
I guess. But I had a few people come up because their kids couldn't have gluten mm. or yeah. dairy. <laughs> and so we had some alternatives for that. So they were thankful for that part of it too, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> candy was a hit. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then that, the kids wanting the candy could bring their parents over to talk about um, the services that you offer for a clinic. Yeah. It was cool. We were right across from the the exhibit that sold uh, wooden swords, and then catty cornered from us was Dr. Jason Lyle's Biblical Science Institute. So I think that was really cool to see him there and see people uh, come by to talk to him and buy his books and. So one of the things that I got to do at the conference was to kind of do some field recording. So I got to interview some people there, including Dr. Jason Lyle, uh, Bill Jack, Norm Wakefield, Ruth Cho Simons. And I know that the first night there, I happened to see Jason Lyle and Paul Washer was there as things were getting close to closing up. So while the two of them were chatting, you know, I was like thinking, okay, should I try to go over there or shouldn't I? Um, I wasn't quite certain that I had my portable recorder ready for prime time. This was the first time that I've ever taken that into the field to do recording. And this was the first night that we were at our table talking to passersby. So I was just like, okay, like, should I do that? Or do I need to be here helping you right now and stuff? So I kind of blew my opportunity to include Paul Washer in the reel that we're going to play. But (laughs) God worked it out and I got all the interviews from this reel on the last day. So we did. So the conference was Thursday evening, then all day Friday, and then most of the day Saturday. And so finally on Saturday, I decided, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be now or never. And, you know, it, it worked out. So I got quite a few cool interviews. And so after a short advertisement of uh, a fellow podcast in the community, we'll present to you the interview reel that I did at the conference. And so enjoy. I speak to parents all the time who come up to me and they see what's happening, but they don't know what to do. And I just want to stand up and say, you can do this. Here is a solution. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Hello there, this is Daniel Minnick from Truth Espresso. I am at the Czech Conference, the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference, and I'm going to do some interviews, walk around and see how uh, people are doing here and what they're here for and what everyone is doing for the glory of God. And so let's check it out. So Daniel here from Truth Espresso talking to Trevin Houck. How are you? I'm pretty good. So, Trevin, uh, can you tell me about uh, a Becca book and what we're doing here at the Czech Conference? You bet. I can tell you a little bit about that. Uh, Abeka has been around since 1974, founded by Dr. and Mrs. Horton. Um, a lot of people don't know where Abeka comes from, but Becca, Rebecca, Mrs. Horton, that was her first name. And so they kind of shortened it, and Abeka was born. It used to be Abeka Books. 
kind of you put the word books on there, and now we've changed it, shortened it a little bit, just made it be a Becca. But um, we obviously still do sell books for homeschoolers and schools, and uh, we love being out here in Denver. It's been great. It's been good seeing you, too. Uh, how long have you been at the Czech Conference, Trevin? How many years have you been here? Well, me personally, this is my second year in a row. Um, I am not sure how many years Rebecca's been coming. I know they were coming before COVID and then obviously since COVID. Well, it was nice talking to you, Trevor. Good talking to you, too. Good yeah. to see you again. And good luck uh, with the Becca book. Thank you. So, Matt, uh, God's Cool Creation here at the Czech Conference. Marianne, could you tell me a little bit about uh, God's Creation book series? Well, um, first of all, it started when I talked to some homeschool moms, and they, um, they thought that science and God didn't mix, and so, they, but they're inextricably linked. So I started writing basic books for them. I'm a former science teacher. Oh, cool. So uh, that's why I did it. So, so they're hard concepts, but easy to understand and fun. Where could we find God's cool creation books? And, well, you could go to godschoolcreation.com. Now I'm looking at my thing, making sure I... <laughs> yeah, godschoolcreation.com, or they can email me, marianne, at gmail.com. And they're all, the books are also on Amazon. Well, cool. So check out godscoolcreation.com and, and see Marianne Winslow's books there and learn more about creation, and especially for your kids there. And, and how he's in every aspect of science. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So I'm seeing some pretty cool uh, 3D stuff being printed here. So what's your name there? Uh, my name is Patrick Bailey. Patrick Bailey, could you tell me a little bit about... Uh, IQ-less. IQ-less. Oh, IQ-less 3D yeah. printing. I take it it means that you don't need to have big brains to be able to figure out how to do some 3D printing. That's part of it. It's also part of finding a domain name that no one has, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here we just uh, we try... We're trying to show off and convince parents they need a 3D printer, especially for their homeschool. And so we bring a couple of 3D printers here to show as they print. And so I also run a YouTube channel, IQless. If you look me on YouTube, you can find that. And a lot of times we'll just do prints and show things, uh, how things work, and also show how you repair them sometimes, show what's available out there. And so, like I tell some people, at the level we're at right now, it's a good, it's a good time to get in. But we're also now at the level where it's a microwave oven, where you can push a button, it just works, and then... 20 years later, if something happened, you get a new one. They're not perfect like that. They're not that level yet. They're more like a late 80s, 90s car if you get a good printer. So 3D printing right now for backup stuff? and <laughs> uh, Lots of stuff. People do. I, I do have some people who will, will uh, they'll have something break in their house, like a hinge or a certain odd part. And sometimes they're able to 3D print something and replace it. There's people who do that. And a lot of people who do that or do other stuff will take those designs and share them on places like printables.com or thingiverse.com. So there's all kinds of stuff available to print for free. You just download it. And then you have to put them through a slicer, which basically prepares them to be printed. And then you put them on the 3D printer, and, and there you go. So, Patrick, what's the biggest thing that you've 3D printed so far? Oh, the biggest thing I've 3D printed? Well, it's actually probably in the, the booth next to us. There's a giant... Oh, well. T-Rex skull I printed one time, a little bit bigger than the one I have here on my personal counter. And uh, it's kind of a big oddball, and they're doing a lot of uh, dinosaur stuff over there, so I just gave it to them one year. So you 3D print stuff to teach creation, too? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can do that, too. There's all kinds of stuff available. In fact, some of the first companies that were doing 3D printing and trying to commercialize that kind of focused on education. And so I think it was, I think it was MakerBot, so don't, but don't quote me on that. So they made some really good prints 
not everything that's 3D can print very well. You've got to think about how to design it and how to angle it. And so they actually designed a couple of dinosaur skulls, and he's got one there, and, and that, does that print really well. And so he, they give those away to kind of for free, and everyone can print them and download them. It gives, gives you something neat to print, you know. Well, check out iQulus 3D Printing and see what you're, you can design. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Well, I'm here with Grace Lace by Ruth Cho Simmons, sponsored author here at the Czech Conference. How are you doing, Ruth? I'm doing well. <laughs> well, thank you for talking with me here at Truth Espresso. And so can you tell me a little bit about your, your ministry and, and some of the books that you've written? And yeah. What are the, the target audience? What do they help people with? Well, I am so grateful to be able to marry watercolor or painting and art with doctrinal and solid truths of God's Word to help women turn their eyes to Jesus and to walk in gospel truth. I think a lot of times we see a lot of beautiful resources out there at pretty stores, but they don't come with truth. Or sometimes we have truth-filled um, content and books out there that aren't all that pretty. And so I'm hoping that women can be encouraged by both of those things together. So my first book is called Grace Laced, and it's a devotional, full-color devotional with watercolor. And then Beholding and Becoming is another book that came out in 2019. Um, And I also have my story written out my story of how I came to understand the power of God's grace in When Striving Cease. And we also have a family worship family devotional book called Foundations that my husband and I wrote together called Foundations, 12 Biblical Truths to Shape a Family. And I've got a book coming out this fall called Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. And it's part hymns and um, theological truths that we can apply in our faith journeys. Sounds really cool there. And and I know my my wife was very uh, blessed by the lesson that you gave last night and was very honored to sponsor your um, mom's night out um, last night at the Czech conference here. Thank you so much for that. I was so encouraged to be there with all those women. And, and, you know, it's like one of the best things is for women to get together and to be honest and real about what weakness feels like and we were talking about motherhood is sanctifying and I'm so glad your wife sponsored that evening because we really need to be able to talk about the fact that motherhood it's not just that we're trying to get through those hard times it's that we're actually finding that God gives us the exact circumstances that are needed for us to find our strength in our find his strength in our own weakness you know what Paul, the apostle Paul says and to be sanctified in the midst of our weakness and so we talked about that together last night Yes, thank you for doing that. And I know my wife mentioned that a lot of mothers seem to, to struggle. They feel like they need to be the perfect mom, but there, yeah. we know that there is no perfect mom. And yes. once you realize that, you can be a good mom, a blessed yes. mom, a mom desiring to serve God, but knowing that you don't have to be a perfect mom. Right, that's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think the third point I made last night was that God uses our weakness so that we can put the gospel on display. And I think we forget that we are called to be jars of clay, ordinary, nothing. We don't need to be spectacular. The jar itself is not meant to be the showpiece. It's the treasure that we hold inside. And when we hold the greatest treasure, Christ, the gospel, then we can overflow to our children with the truth of the gospel. Definitely. Second Corinthians chapter four. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we hold yeah. the the truth in earthen vessels of yes, clay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Ruth Chow Simmons, for uh, talking with me here at the Czech Conference. And how could we get a hold of you? 
Yeah, I would love for you to check out my work at gracelaced.com or I connect with me on Instagram at Ruth Jo Simons, R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. Thank you so much Thanks for talking for with me. me. <laughs> this is Daniel Minnick for the Truth Espresso Podcast here at the Christian Home Educators Colorado Conference. And I am here with uh, Dr. Jason Lyle from the Biblical Science Institute. Uh, thank you, Dr. Jason for, Lyle, for being here. Hey, my pleasure. So in about 10 seconds or less, could you explain the anisotropic synchrony convention? No, just <laughs> kidding. But <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay. So for homeschooling, what, when it comes to creation science, do you have anything to say about like homeschooling? Like, What's the importance of homeschooling for creation science? <laughs> well, I think homeschooling is important in general. I think it's the, it's the pattern that God set forth. Parents are supposed to educate their children. I do think the Bible allows for some delegation of that, but it should be from a Christian perspective. So I'm not a fan of government schooling. Yes. I don't think it's the right way to go. But um, in any case, and then there's the importance of creation in that. Creation really is foundational to all Christian principles and doctrines. I mean, the, the idea that death is the penalty for sin, that has its basis in Genesis. The idea that human beings are made in God's image, that comes from Genesis 1. Uh, the idea that uh, there are there are universal laws that God has given to human beings. Well, we find that in Genesis 1, that God is a linguistic being. He's communicated. He gave instructions to Adam and Eve, and he told them there's a penalty if they disobey. And so all these Christian principles, marriage, where do we get the idea of marriage is one man and one woman for life? It's, it's in Genesis. And so it's important, I think, to, to get these uh, principles into children as, as young as possible and to teach them, hey, this is the, this is the pattern that God has created for us. And the, those foundational principles are all found in the book of Genesis. So when it comes to things like evidence for creation, there's more to that, uh, like from a Christian perspective, like you take um, a presuppositional approach, like could you explain what the importance of like a presuppositional approach is to the creation-evolution debate? Yeah, so basically the way that people usually approach the issue is that when they're, especially when they're trying to persuade their unbelieving friend that they need to believe the Bible or Genesis in particular, they'll try to appeal to secular standards. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is secular standards are wrong. And so you're using something that's inherently wrong to try and prove something that's true. You got, and you got to be careful about that. Uh, I, I'm a presuppositionalist, which a lot of people misunderstand. They think that that just means that we um, just assume that the Bible's true and don't attempt to argue for it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Because what we're really doing is we're showing that the Bible must be true because it's the necessary standard by which all other truth claims are to be evaluated. And including the scientific method. The reason the scientific method works and the reason that science is such a valuable tool is because God upholds his universe in a consistent way. And he's promised to do that in passages like Genesis 8, uh, verse 22, where he promises the, the day and night cycle, the seasons will be in the future as they've been in the past. Hence, he's promising that there are cycles in nature that will have a consistency over time. All science is predicated on that assumption. And so, you see, I think it's important that students learn very early on that the Bible is not something that can be tested by a superior standard because there is no superior standard. Yes. The Bible <laughs> is the standard by which all the other standards are to be evaluated and, to make, and made sense of. And if you reject that, if you say, no, I reject the Bible as my ultimate standard, you can't have any other standards, at least not ones that can be objectively uh, justified, where you can say this, this is why it has to be this way. The Bible really is self-verifying. It's self-authenticating. It demonstrates that it is the ultimate standard, and it would have to be because it's written by inspiration of God. It's God's word to us, and all truth is in the mind of God. Yes, all truth is God's truth, yes. Yeah. So 
Can you explain what the biblical science, the Biblical Science Institute is and how people can uh, basically uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, so I founded the Biblical Science Institute a number of years ago, and it's basically an organization that shows people that science lines up with what you'd expect given what the Bible teaches, that science is not the enemy of Scripture, as is the sort of the propaganda that you hear everywhere else, that, you know, if you're, you're going to be a scientist, well, you can't be a Christian. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, most of the founding fathers of the various disciplines of science were Christians. They expected to find patterns in nature because they, they believed in a God of order, the God of Scripture, who had communicated um, to us in His Word. And so what I try to do is I show people that science, rightly understood, glorifies God, the, the God of the, the Bible, none other, has to be the biblical God who's revealed himself to us and so on. And we do this in various disciplines. My specialty is astronomy, astrophysics, and so I've got more stuff on that, but, but we, do, we try to do it with other, with other areas as well. And I've even had a guest article by um, Dr. Andrew Snelling, whose PhD is in geology, showing how uh, geology confirms the, the worldwide flood as described in Genesis. So a lot of stuff like that, and just helping people to think through the issues theologically, and to be up on the latest in science so that they can see how science confirms rather than uh, contradicts God's Word. And so we're, how can people get to the, the Biblical Science Institute? Yeah, the best way to get to it, just go to our website. And it's, it's very simple. It's biblicalscienceinstitute.com. Biblicalscienceinstitute.com. So that's it. All kinds of great resources on the website. We have a web store where they can get books and, and DVDs and things like that. But the, the website itself is free, and there's lots, lots of free articles on there that I encourage people to check out. Yes, definitely check out Dr. Jason Lyles' Biblical Science Institute. Check out his books. I myself just purchased the Stargazer's Guide to the Night Sky and um, his book on fractals. And so very beautifully illustrated book there. And thank you, uh, Dr. Lyle, for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Thank you. This is Daniel Minnick from Truth Espresso, and I am here at the Colorado uh, Home Educators Conference uh, with uh, Norm Wakefield here. Norm, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thanks, Daniel. It's a privilege. So you are the uh, founder and president of Spirit of Elijah Ministries? Right. So what exactly is the Spirit of Elijah? <laughs> sure. Well, the Spirit of Elijah, of course, if you know much about the Bible, you've heard of it. It's the last verse of Malachi where it says... God is going to send forth the spirit of Elijah before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And the spirit of Elijah will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. And so that's basically what my ministry is about. It's trying to really just preach the gospel and see God turn the hearts of men to him and then turn their hearts to their children and then the children's hearts turn to their dads. Yeah, we definitely see a lot today. There's a lot of division between parents and their children, especially fathers and mm-hmm. their children. And so, yeah. So, wh- how? What are some uh, methods that you would use and advice for helping parents to raise their children, turn their hearts toward their children? Whoa, there's a lot to that question. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> how much time do we have here, Daniel? <laughs> Ten uh. seconds. No, just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, primarily the whole idea of parenting is learning how to be a parent like God is a parent. Oh, yes. If you can, uh, I think of my ministry as being really a gospel ministry. If you think of the gospel as this, God turns his heart to his children, and when he does, he turns his children's hearts to him. Mm, Yes. (laughs) That's the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. So a dad's relationship with his children is actually just a shadow of a much greater message and story which is God gave his son 
because his heart is turned toward us. And um, so when we see that, he turns his heart, our hearts to him. And so the key for a dad is to turn his heart to God, learn how God is a father, yes, <laughs> and then express the heart of God as a father to their own children. Yes, Malachi, is it Malachi 1, 6, I think? Malachi 4, 6, 4, 6 and then uh, Luke 1, yes. 16 and 17. God is, uh, recall, definitely call our Father. Jesus made that more clear in the sure. Gospels that he is indeed our Father. So with, with homeschooling in particular, what's the importance of homeschooling for this uh, kind of ministry? Well, that's a great question. Homeschooling is really the best form, I think, of education if a father wants to disciple his children and he wants his children to see what the heart of God is as a father. Uh, If you have your children with you, then you have more time with them to disciple them and to reveal the father's heart to them. It doesn't mean that a father who is um, a father of children that go to public school can't do that. They can. (laughs) But with homeschooling, um, you get to you know, you determine the curriculum. You de- you have more time with them. Uh, they're going to see you more. Um, they're going to see how you do life more than the normal kid would. And so, I just think it's it makes for a great environment for a dad to be able to reveal what his life is with Jesus to his children, and for them to see their dad be a testimony and a witness of the life of Christ. I know as a dad, knowing that there are a lot of fathers who spend a lot of time away from home, maybe they have excuses to work longer hours or, you know, do things on the weekend and stuff. But, you know, I always keep in mind it's when I'm done with work, I'm coming home, I'm helping the wife out, helping play with the kids, give her a break and make sure that there's a good relationship between dad and children. I've got four children myself. All right. (laughs) Well, those are all good ideas, Daniel. (laughs) Way to go. So, uh, Norm, how would we get uh, a hold of you? What's your like your ministry? How would sure. people find it? So, spiritofelijah.com is yes. the website for men's resources and encouragement. I also have a monthly blog called um, Living to Love blog, which is another aspect of my ministry, which is teaching people how to live to love with Jesus. And that has its own website, which is livetolovewithjesus.com. And I would love for your listeners to check that one out, especially. All the resources are free. Uh, there's oh, nice. <laughs> audio, there's audiobook, ebook, print book called Live to Love, Experience Freedom and Joy in Relationships. And then there's video discipleship tools, just all kinds of resources there to uh, encourage families how to live to love with Jesus and disciple their children. Well, thank you there, Norma. Definitely encourage my listeners to check out Spirit of Elijah Ministry, spiritofelijah.com. And, and what was that other one? The Live to Love with Jesus.com. Live to Love with Jesus.com. You know, I also have a podcast daily. Oh, cool. It's a two minute podcast called um, Live to Love Scripture Encouragements. Oh, nice. And I go verse by verse. Right now, I'm going through the book of Romans. And so you can find it on Spotify or iTunes, anywhere you get your, your podcasts. Definitely cool for as one podcaster to interview yeah. another podcaster. <laughs> so, right. Yes. Well, thank you, thank you for your time, uh, Norm. And well, thank uh, you, Daniel. Appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thank you. 
This is Daniel Minnick with the Truth Espresso Podcast. I'm here at the Colorado Home Educators Conference with uh, Bill Jack, president of the Worldview Academy. Thank you for being with me, Bill. Great to be here. I'm not president of anything. Oh, not president yeah, of anything. I'm just, but... I'm just a faculty member for Worldview Academy. Oh, okay. Well... It's a Christian leadership training <laughs> program for students 13 to 18, and we do it in camps throughout the summer months, week-long camps. Well, we train students in three areas, in worldviews, evangelism and apologetics, and then servant leadership skills. I know that uh, last year you ran for uh, state representative, am I correct? I did. I did. <laughs> I, I remember you happened to like uh, ring my doorbell at one point, and I didn't get to the door, but I heard you leave a message, so then... I was like, okay, let me check out who's this Bill Jack. So I look online, and then I see, like, wait, he's saying all the right stuff, uh, you know, on the Constitution, the Bible. And I look up, like, he's a, an apologist. He's a, yeah, like, a presuppositionalist. Like, wow, like, I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> Thanks. I wish there had been more people like you. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed uh, running for office, and I did ring a lot of doorbells and knock on a lot of doors. And I got a chance to talk to a lot of people. Um, so uh, even though I didn't get elected, I don't think it was a wasted effort. Yeah, definitely got the message out there. So, so Bill, why homeschooling? <laughs> uh, I taught public high school for 10 years back in Illinois. And during that time, I came to realize that the system is corrupt. The system is, is, is flawed. The foundation is cracked for education. Um, Jesus told a group of attorneys, lawyers in Luke 11:52, he said, you've taken away the key of knowledge. Mm. Now the question is, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what is the key of knowledge? And, and scripture says in Proverbs that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In Proverbs yes. 9, it says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. So here's the question that parents <laughs> need to ask themselves. Is that the basis the foundation for every subject that is taught in the state schools, fear of the Lord? And the answer is no. So why are we sacrificing our children to a system that does not hold to what God's Word says? Definitely good thoughts there, Bill. The fear of the Lord, beginning of knowledge and wisdom, that means that the truth of God must be the foundation for everything. And so, yes. Yep. <laughs> well, thank but you. That is not what is taught in the state schools. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And that's we got our work cut out for us. And thank you uh, for doing Worldview Academy. And yeah. Just uh, check us out at worldview.org. You'll find our camps all across the country. We also do podcasts. And we do a bridge year program for students who are out of high school who want to get grounded in their faith. It's a two-semester program. Uh, we also do uh, weekends at churches for families. Oh, cool. So contact us at just worldview.org. Well, thank you for your time, Bill. No, and thank you. God bless. Daniel Minnick here for the Truth Espresso podcast at the Czech Conference. And I'm here with Amy Furman. So, Amy, tell me about your uh, Smudged Pages and your ministry for women. Okay. Well, um, Smudged Pages is all about seeing women set free from the lies of the enemy that impact our identity. Um, So many women uh, have this standard of perfection that they're trying to live up to, only we can't do it. 
Yes. And so we get caught in a cycle of false failure and guilt. And I call it false because that standard was never God's in the first place. Yes. Um, but Satan uses those lies to impact what we believe about ourselves. And so I love to see women set free from those lies to find their identity in Christ, which is different from, you know, mine is different from my friends or my neighbors. And then to be able to walk in victory over the schemes of the enemy so that they live in a place of peace and joy and hope and rest. So I think women can basically live best when they don't when they believe that they're they're not trying to achieve perfection. They can actually be better than they thought if they're not trying to, you know, <laughs> be way up there and stuff like sure, that. Sure, it's yeah. really all about living by grace. Oh yes. Um, but so many of us have that concept in our head but it hasn't gotten to a place where it's a lived out reality in our lives. And so that's really what I'm about and um, focusing on um, a God mindset and letting that grace, that truth of what Jesus really accomplished for us sink in mm. so that it, it becomes a, a lived out reality in our lives. So what are some common lies that a lot of women might tell themselves or rather Satan might even sure. yeah, tell yeah, yeah. them? <laughs> yeah, well, um, there I, I divide these into five different categories, right? Okay. There are lies of acceptance, lies of performance, lies of failure, and lies about God. Yep. Um, and so, uh, so, for example, lies about acceptance, I have to fit in to be loved and accepted or liked and accepted or people wouldn't accept me if they knew the mess I really am right mm. a lot of us are hiding things behind closed doors because we feel like if people really knew um, it, we would we'd have the shame factor right and God isn't a God of shame he's mm. a God of redemption um, but that's what that when Satan lies to us um, or I have to meet everyone's expectations of me Alternately, it could be people have to meet my expectations for mm. me to be happy. Oh, so yes. that's where a lot of marriages and families break down. You know, well, I would just be happier if, you know, this, this or this. If my husband helped out more or my kids behave better or, you know, we had more money or whatever it is. And sometimes our lies that we buy into are lies about who God is. And we might mm. start seeing God as a big meanie who's out to oh, judge yes. us. <laughs> or we might see him as, you know, a Santa Claus. Well, I pray and I get what I want. Um, and so we're putting on God our own will rather than mm. relying on um, his plan for our lives. And so, um, Amy, how would people find you? Like online, how would they yeah. find your, your ministry and what you have to offer? Sure. Yep. So I have some books, a devotional style book, and then a full-blown Bible study that they can be done in conjunction with each other or separately. And the Bible study is really great to do on your own or with a group of women. And then I also have um, some online resources as well as Christian mindset coaching. But all of that is found at smudgedpages.net. So the whole premise of that name comes from the fact that we all have smudges on our pages, mm. but God writes beautiful masterpieces on smudged pages. And so smudgedpages.net is my website where you can find all the information about my ministry and my books. And then I love to help homeschooling um, mamas get started because I've been a homeschooler for 22 years. And so I love to help them on that journey. And in our shop on the website, we also have homeschooling books and resources as well. 
Definitely check out um, smudgedpages.net. Check out Amy Furman's all her work with women and uh, for homeschooling uh, and writing tips and yeah. Tips. So our um, we say that we're a no no tears curriculum booth. <laughs> Everything we write is gentle. So there's reading and writing and actually a very visual way to learn piano. Very nice. So, so thank you, uh, Amy, uh, um, and uh, God bless. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. So this is Daniel Minnick with the Truth Espresso Podcast. I'm here with Susan Sutherland of the Colorado Right to Life. And so thank you for being with us, Susan. Thank you, Daniel. Glad to be here. So what does Colorado Right to Life do? I mean, I know we deal with the issue of abortion, but what's the most important message that Colorado Right to Life gives as far as the the issue there? That's a good question because we deal with a lot of different issues amongst the big issue of abortion. And I think from our perspective, Colorado Right to Life, we want people to know that we are a gospel-centered organization (laughs) because abortion is sin and people need to hear the word. They need to hear the gospel and there's, there's hope, there's help, there's healing uh, if you've been involved in abortion. And then, so we do preach the gospel. So secondary to (laughs) that, we want to, and this is a hard, this is a bit of a hard message to receive sometimes. We want to separate ourselves from the typical pro-life Mm. Uh, community in that, of course, we're, we're pro-life, yes. but beyond that, we identify as abolitionists oh, yes. because <laughs> for all the years uh, since Roe and even pre-Roe in Colorado, abortion has been treated as kind of a second-tier issue mm. rather than a first-tier abortion is murder issue and we want people to start recognizing that we have to stop regulating Mm. abortion we have to stop creating laws that further entrench abortion into law things like 24-hour waiting periods Uh, (laughs) um, uh, heartbeat bills you Mm. know on the surface those those sound good people think oh those are those are good that's going to help but really what they do is further entrench abortion into law and we firmly state that these types of laws are an affront to God because God said, do not murder the innocent. Mm-hmm. And he has not authorized us to circumvent that in any way with any any additional measures and workarounds mm-hmm. to yes. that law. So we want people to know that we do not support incrementalism. We do not mm-hmm. support any kind of measures that will then create a law which essentially end with saying do this thing and then you can kill the baby oh yes (laughs) so basically if you believe that life begins at conception then you know there can really be no exceptions because if you have exceptions like rape and incest or a certain age of the unborn then you know it's like wait what question are we answering anyway you know (laughs) exactly exactly that's right daniel so I get it. Some people find that hard to deal with because they feel like, well, we're doing a good thing. But we've got to we've got to help the Christian community, the pro-lifers that have been pro-life, you know, claim to be pro-life for decades. 
to just we've got to change the narrative and we've got to start recognizing like you said abortion is murder life begins at fertilization we want to treat that baby in the womb even at fertilization uh, as an image bearer yes. of the living god because that's what they are and because god says do not murder the innocent uh, mm. we want to protect every single innocent life so quickly, what's the most common challenge that you get, like a question or that people think is a challenge to their position there, like from a pro-abortion perspective? <laughs> well, believe it or not, you know, there are people in the pro-abortion, on the pro-abortion side of this issue who are still cranking out the crazy narratives like it's just a clump of cells mm. and things like that. You know, we know we know better because, I mean, my goodness, technology, medical advances. Here it is, 2023. We know better. So again, it's 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 a hard issue, is what it boils down to, and probably our most difficult, um, our the, the most difficult opposition we face is not from the pro-abortion side because we know we know where they stand. They they hate God. They're against God. Uh, it, it, it comes from the Christian pro-life side of things. So, again, it's that narrative that we need to change. Oh, yes, definitely. So, uh, yeah, where can we find uh, Colorado Right to Life? Visit our website, coloradorighttolife.org, or just crtl.org. Uh, you can go on there and you can sign up, receive our communications if you want to get plugged in in that way. Um, any communications that we send out about, you know, a lot of legislative action that takes place, we're pretty wrapped up in that. We try to stay on top of that and point people in the right direction uh, with good legislation versus bad legislation. So, but yeah, CRTL.org. Well, thank you, Susan, for uh, being willing to talk with me and at the Czech conference. Thank you. Appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you, and God bless. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and hearing the interviews that I got to do at the conference and hope that this whets your appetite for the next exciting episode of Truth Espresso, and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 